This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. As you're talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 267 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. We have finished the bullpen, the starting pitcher player reviews, and now we are on to the position players. Today, game three of the World Series, and today uh, I'll be talking about the catchers. Austin Nola, Jorge Alfaro, Luis Camposano. Uh, if you're live here, feel free. If you have any Padres thoughts, any comments, questions, feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, if there's any that I want to go through, I'll get to those at the end. Uh, but I appreciate everyone for tuning in here. Uh, World Series Game 3 was supposed to happen out last night, uh, but it didn't. There was rain. It was postponed. So it is going to happen tonight. At least it's supposed to happen tonight. And then Game 4 will be tomorrow. Game 5 will be... What is today? Today is... Tuesday. So game five will be on Thursday. They'll have the off day Friday. Then game six and seven will be on Saturday and Sunday. So that's just the quick World Series thing there. Series tied at one. Uh, but the pod getting to the Padres stuff, because that's what you're here for. Um, let's start with Austin Nola. Starting catcher. I think he's going to be the starting catcher next year as well. Um, he had a 0.2 fan graphs war this year in 110 games. Stayed pretty healthy. 251 batting average, a 321 on base percentage, 329 slugging percentage, a 91 OPS plus. That's below league average. 40 runs scored, 40 runs driven in, and he had four home runs. So, not surprising. You know the power numbers aren't there. Not surprising. That's like asking Jose Zocar to hit a bunch of home runs, right? You just don't expect that because that's not who he is. Um, I thought he was pretty good defensively. He had six errors this year, kept him in the uh, single digits there with those errors. He caught the majority of the Padres' regular season games. He obviously caught the entire Padres' postseason. And I, I thought he was a very valuable part of the Padres' postseason. And this, I, I, to be honest, I probably took Austin Nola for granted. Um, I'm not saying Austin Nola's like Yadier Molina or anything like a Hall of Fame catcher. But I will admit that I was like, no, we can get rid of Nola. We can have Campy in here. Who cares? Whatever. Uh, but, I mean, the, the pitchers, it's clear that they trust Austin Nola, that they want Austin Nola to be behind the plate in those big games. And that could change if Camposano's hitting better than Nola and he works on his game this offseason. He's obviously already hitting home runs in the Dominican. I don't know if you guys saw that last night. Um, he's If he works and he gets better defensively, then I think you could see him get more playing time next year. But I think it's clear 
from what we saw this year in the postseason that Austin Nola is the starting catcher. Uh, and the pitchers, they trust Austin Nola more than anyone easily uh, among those three guys, Nola, Campy, and Alfaro. Um, and so uh, I, was, I, I gained respect for Nola um, you know, this postseason. The most innings that he's caught consecutively without getting you know, a day off, it was evident that the Padres, it wasn't just pitchers probably, it was probably the Padres as a whole too that they trusted Nola more than Alfaro and Campy. Uh, Campy, I guess there's reports that his mind wanders during games. That's not what you want in postseason games. Uh, so if he can, you know, get more locked in, I think that will help next year. And with Alfaro, I guess according to the front office, he had fallen out of love with some of those people in the front office or some people in the organization. So if that happened, then it's clear that Nola's was going to be the guy. I mean, they didn't even go to Alfaro. They didn't use Alfaro. They didn't use Camposano in the postseason. So for anyone that wants Camposano to be the starting catcher, that's not going to happen next year, at least right out of the gate, unless there's a trade or something. But I don't see that happening. I mean, the Padres have Nola under control for, I think, a few more years because when they traded him from, or they got him from Seattle in that trade, uh, that put Munoz and France and Trammell on the Mariners. Um, he was, I think, a rookie or maybe a second year in the league. Like, they have control over him. Uh, and so I think that's good. Like, the Padres, right, you want more offense out of that catching position. You want more slug out of that catching position. But if you can't, Austin Nola, I don't think that's a terrible starting catcher. Um, I'd rather have him than Hedges. I'd rather have him than some other guys. So, yeah, you hope that Nola can improve offensively. You hope Campy can improve offensively because I don't know about you guys, but I do see that Camposano is the catcher of the future here, and I want Camposano to be the starting catcher in the future. I just don't know if he's going to produce at the level the Padres want him to to earn that consistent playing time. So right now, I mean, it's Nola's job. Uh, you know, Nola, yeah, sure, he struggled. There, We can get to negatives. I mean, there's definitely negatives. I see in the chat here, Irie's not a big fan. Numbers don't lie. Nola is trash. We got the wrong Nola. Uh, so not a big fan of Nola there. I, I understand people that aren't, and I'm not a big fan of Nola. I just appreciate what Nola can provide to the Padres. Um, sometimes at the bottom of the order. But most of the part, most of what I appreciate from Manola is what he does with the pitching, um, communicating with the pitching staff. The pitching staff is obviously comfortable with Nola. That's what I appreciate uh, out of Austin Nola, or at least gain more of appreciation of, if that makes sense, in the postseason. Sure, there's negatives. He struggled in the NLCS. Um, went one for 19 against the Phillies in that series. 649 OPS during the regular season. You want that to be, you know, 700, 800 range. So definitely below that. He had the below league average OPS plus, which is on base percentage plus slugging percentage. The league average OPS plus, it's, I think that's ballpark adjusted. That's what the plus is. Uh, the league average is 100 and his was 91. So yeah, it's definitely below average. But again, I think Nola's value comes from what he does behind the plate defensively. That's something that 
Camposano can't really do right now. And with Jorge Alfaro's knee, I mean, he couldn't do it at the end of last year either. So the Padres do not get as far as they did without Austin Nola last year. I think that's obvious. Um, he caught eight runners stealing all season long, which isn't good. Uh, he was last 15 out of 15th place among all catchers who caught at least 800 innings last year. Um, there were teams, I mean, that when they got a single, they got on base. It was just, okay, steal second. Let's just take second. It's almost like they got a double because they knew Nola was not going to throw him out, especially when, like, Darvish was on the mound. Take second base. You're not going to throw me out. That That's what the base runners on first base, that's what their thought process probably was. Um, that's what their attitude probably was when they got on first. Like, I'm taking second. It's easy. So that's a negative from Nola. I don't know how much he can work on that. You know, the pop time, I guess. But his arm is kind of just what his arm is. Um, and you just have to deal with it. I think that's that's why it's very important for the Padres to continue having great pitching next year to try to limit those guys getting on first base. And once guys get into scoring position, if they do steal second, don't allow them to get to third on a wild pitch so that they can score on a sacrifice fly. Or, you know, just get through that inning and strand that runner like Robert Suarez was able to do in the division series against the Dodgers. Like the bullpen was pretty much able to do almost the whole postseason when there were runners on. Like Nick Martinez was able to do in the NLCS in game four after Clevenger couldn't get it out. Right? So that's going to be important. That's why it's important to bring back Nick Martinez. And I think that's why it's important if you can't bring back Suarez to make a trade or bring in a free agent maybe like Luis Garcia that's not going to cost a lot of money but you're confident that he can be that high leverage reliever he can step into that role I think that's why it's important maybe to bring back Pierce Johnson uh, to have guys that can get out of those situations because Nola's the starting catcher uh, I just don't know how much he can work on getting runners out at second base I mean a positive I'll, I'll talk about the positives here for Nola I mean, the throw that he made, nabbing Mookie Betts in the division series, I know that's one throw, but game two, if Mookie gets second base there, uh, game tying run, I believe, is in scoring position. So that was huge. Um, and him obviously catching every inning when the Padres weren't confident in Camposano, they weren't confident in uh, Alfaro, that's huge. Again, they don't get where they did without Ostinola. Um, he was there. He was pretty much healthy all year. Uh, he did go on the paternity list. Congratulations to him, obviously, during the year. Uh, he did not go on the injured list, I don't believe. Yeah, he, was, he stayed off the IL the entire season. Again, 834 and two-thirds innings. Uh, I believe that's the regular season. Kept the errors in single digits. I mean, I mean, he's a valuable piece to this Padres team. Are there better options? Sure. Do Padres fans maybe want Wilson Contreras? Um, there was talk about that before the trade deadline. Okay, yeah. He's a free agent this year. I, I see him probably remaining with the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs didn't trade him when I thought that was like an obvious thing to do. So why not just bring him back if you're the Cubs? So I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. Maybe he goes to like Houston or something. But I don't think the Padres are going to try to go bring in Wilson Contreras in free agency. They have other areas of need that are higher than the catching position to fill first base i mean i mean i'll probably talk 
in a different episode about their offseason needs. But, I mean, first base, Myers, Bell, Jury, or free agents, got to fill that. DH, what are you going to do there? Left field, profile as a player option. What are you going to do there? Back into the bullpen. Suarez, player option. Nick Martinez was in the bullpen, player option. They're probably not taking those. They could come back. Uh, but Pierce Johnson's a free agent. Craig Stammen, he's going to probably retire, I would think. Uh, just going to, you got to replace him or his spot uh, back into the rotation. I mean, you could do, you could fill those spots in trades, but the free agent route, they got to go the free agent route with some of those positions. Those are higher priorities for AJ Preller, I think, and the Padres front office than getting a catcher better than Austin Nola. You know, like if Nola's the nine hitter, I'm fine with that. Like, if he's the nine-hitter like he was in the postseason, that is fine. Um, I'm fine with that. And he came up pretty good, uh, pretty huge clutch at times during that postseason. You think NL wild card, game three, got the Padres out to that early lead, 2 nothing with that single after a great at-bat off of, I think, Chris Bassett. And then in um, the NLCS, I know they lost, but the one game they won, Austin Nola came through with that big hit off of his brother on the hit and run. Kim scored, and that started that whole comeback, you know. So uh, the division series against the Dodgers, and that's another one where I, I know it wasn't like hard contact or anything. It wasn't a home run or an extra base hit, but he did put the ball in play to first base. Freddie Freeman couldn't come up with it, run scores, uh, and that started that comeback. So if he's at the bottom of the order making contact, I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. So I'm fine with Nola being the starting catcher come 2023, and I think that's what's going to happen. Now, with Alfaro and Camposano, the two guys I'm going to get to now, those are question marks. I don't know if they're going to have three catchers on the opening day roster next year. I would think probably not. Uh, but, I mean, they could if they want Alfaro to DH some games or they want Campy to be a DH some games. Um, until like Tatis comes back. So maybe they do start the season with three catchers and it's the same three. But Alfaro, maybe they try to trade him for a reliever or something because for me, it's kind of like at what point do you want Camposano to be on the big league team like permanently? Like enough with this up and down stuff. Uh, that's I know this is a season review episode here. But obviously, as a fan, my initial thoughts go to, okay, what's going to happen in this offseason? Uh, but 2022 for Alfaro, I mean, what we're going to remember, obviously, are the walk-offs. And I guess it was a positive season from that standpoint. But what I'm going to remember at the end is he just wasn't healthy. The knee wasn't healthy enough to catch um, the pot. The Padres front office, something happened, or they're looking at the numbers. They don't like him striking out a lot. He's fallen out of favor with the front office. Uh, I, I don't, or I, I, I mean, I don't know this, but I assume it's not based on like personality or anything. I mean, we saw what he was during the walk-offs and in the dugout, and he's smiling all the time. Like, he's a good personality. It's just things, uh, the injuries, the strikeouts. It just that's probably why he's fallen out of love. Uh, the front office has fallen out of love with him. Uh, this year, finished with a .5 Fangraphs war. 82 games he appeared in in the regular season, 246. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Might need some water. 
82 games, 246 average, 285 on base percentage, 383 slugging, uh, below average 94 OPS plus, 25 runs scored, 40 RBIs, and he had seven home runs, which isn't a lot. Jorge Alfaro, I mean, you'd think power bat, he'd have more than seven home runs. He didn't. Uh, some of those were walk-offs. Uh, obviously, the one on Mother's Day, like, what we're going to remember 2022 with Alfaro, it's probably positives, right? Fans are going to remember positives. The walk-offs. What do you have? Five of them had walk, the walk-off walk against the Dodgers. He had singles against the Diamondbacks. I think he had another one against the Giants, I want to say. And then the Mother's Day one, obviously, the home, the home run into the bullpen. Like the LFGSD. You know, we're going to remember that. Him saying that on camera. Uh, and that became a big phrase. In San- that was the phrase for the Padres this year, right? LFGSD, that's what it was. Um, and so he's going to re- be remembered for that. Uh, but defensively, I mean, I don't think he's as strong as Nola. Maybe he has a stronger arm. At the plate, he's more of a power threat, but he didn't really, he just didn't stay healthy at the end of the year with the knee issue, right? Um, and the Padres probably could get something back for him in a trade. And I believe, let me look up Jorge Alfaro's contract. I think he has one more year with the Padres. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hang on one second here. He's not a free agent. I know that. Okay, so he's arbitration eligible for 2023. He'll be 30. And then he's a free agent after this coming season. So luxury tax salary estimate, according to Spot Tracks, $3.36 million. Uh, so it's not a lot. And maybe they do keep him. I mean, he can play catcher. I'm not saying that he sucks. Uh, I'm just saying that I think that they could find a trade for him if they want Campy to get that backup catcher time, like permanent, be the backup catcher, have him on the roster permanently. Now, maybe some offseason moves will dictate what they do with the catching position and who makes the roster. Um, like, for example, if they don't get a big DH bat, which I don't think they should, by the way. I do like the DH being kind of a thing where guys get days off. But if they don't get enough power bats that they wanted, um, then maybe you keep Alfaro and you have him as that bench bat option. You have Campy as the primary uh, backup catcher if he works on his defense. I don't know. Just having three catchers, I just don't know if that's the best way to go about things if the Padres want to have the best bench. I mean, in the postseason, you had two catchers. You had Will or Bell or Drury, and you had a Zokar. Like, that felt like the bench, right? Or that was the bench, right? Or maybe you had, yeah, a Zokar, because Dixon didn't make it, right? Um, I think you know, he might have made it. The, he might have made it, actually. 
I think he made it the wild card round. I forget if he made it the division series or the LCS. But they just didn't have a strong bench, like, offensively. So I think you would think Brother's going to try to upgrade that, right? Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on Alfaro's year. And I, I know I'm not just talking about a specific person's year. I'm talking more about this catching position as a whole in the future. Um, let's get to Luis Camposano uh, next here, the final guy. He had a zero, excuse me, negative 0.2 F4, 16 games, 250 average, 260 on base percentage, a 333 slugging, 73 OPS plus, well below league average, four runs scored, five RBI, and he hit one home run. Uh, look, don't look too much into those regular season stats. He didn't get much playing time. There was that span earlier in the year. I think they were in Cincinnati. That was one of those series, that road trip. He was on the team. He got like 14 at-bats, and then they sent him down to the minors. He didn't get a lot of consistent playing time in the big leagues, so I'm not going to focus too much on the stats in the big leagues, like the OPS Plus being well below league average. Like I don't really care about that right now. I, I want to really focus on more the negative, or the, excuse me, the positives, not the negatives from Camposano this year, because it's hard to focus on the negatives when there just weren't a, a big sample size. It's not like, oh, Camposano sucked at the plate. He sucked defensively, so I'm going to judge him on that. I'm going to look more at the positives uh, because even though it's a small sample size, like he can build on the positives. The main positive was that he did work his butt off um, after that bad Mania start in Kansas City, he worked his butt off with Musgrove, uh, looking at matchups, and during that San Francisco series, the beginning of that San Francisco road series, after they were in Kansas City, Musgrove and Campy sat down during the game and went through the batters, how are they going to approach the batters, so that Wednesday day game start, I think it was, they could be ready, and it worked out. Musgrove, who had been struggling, he was going through that rough patch, ended up going six and two-thirds innings, and he allowed those runs, I believe, late in that outing, like during that seventh inning. So he was dominant, double-digit strikeouts with Campy behind the plate. And I thought, well, okay, this is a turning point. Campy might be the starting catcher for Musgrove uh, because it worked, and they want to get Campy some playing time, get uh, Nola some time off of his feet. That works. Uh, but then the postseason, obviously, they went to NOLA. It's understandable. I don't think you should view that as a negative for Camposano. Um, but it did happen, if that makes sense. Um, Camposano, I think Musgrove would be willing to, to pitch to Camposano next year, like consistently next year, if Camposano comes into spring training and proves to Musgrove that I got better during the offseason, I'm working at this, and continues to have that good attitude. I think you could definitely see that. I think you could see maybe if it if it's a new starting pitcher that comes in, work with Camposano. Because uh, I don't think, well, in, in fact, I know, regardless of what the catching situation is going to be next year or going into next year, the Padres are not going to want Austin Nola catching as much as he did in the postseason, right? That's what the postseason's for, is you just go all out with your best nine. Regular season, it's a long season, so you're going to have to need those backups. So... Uh, offensively, can't be, you know, swing and miss, have that go down. Same thing with Alfaro if he comes back, obviously. Um, 
And let's see if he can get into that power. But for me, what I'm going to look for going into next year is the mind, right? You know, there was those reports, like I mentioned, about his mind wandering during games. That's a problem if you're catching, right? Uh, it's one, arguably the most important position on the field. Um, and I'm going to look at defensively. Uh, the framing, I mean, people, some people love his framing. I don't really have an opinion on that, to be honest. Um, but, like, the defense could improve. There were some pass balls. There were some spots, I think. Again, I don't want to go too hard on the guy because it was a small sample size of me watching him. Like, the El Paso stats, okay, they're good. But I wasn't watching those games. But what I did watch, from what I remember, there was a couple times, I think, where he was trying to, like, back pick guys where he didn't need to and threw the ball into left field. Uh, I think the Dominican game that he was playing in yesterday for Estrellas or whatever the, the team is, he threw a ball in the, into center field trying to catch a guy stealing. Like, so he has to work on some of that stuff. But I, I think he will. Obviously, he's playing in winter ball right now. Or is it technically winter ball? Yeah, it might be the fall still. But he's playing in the Dominican. That's my point. Already after the season just ended. So he's getting the work in. He wants to get better. That's what I'm focusing on, and that's what I'm encouraged by with Campy. And so maybe 2024, he's the starting catcher. Uh, I guess it depends on what happens with Nola, right? Uh, but I have, I think, again, I'm going to go back to my original point with Nola. If he's the starting catcher, which I expect him to be going into spring training, because why shouldn't he be? He's earned it. And if he's hitting ninth in the Padres lineup next year, opening day, that's not the end of the world. I think their lineup will be in a good spot if that's the case. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on the catching position this year and coming up into 2023 and what to look for. I don't expect the Padres to make a big move at catcher this year. Again, they have so many different areas of need uh, that they need to fill, not just upgrade, but just fill. Starting rotation, bullpen, they need to just fill those places. Left field, the profile doesn't opt into that player option. They need to fill those spots. Also, you want to get better in some of those spots, but they just need to fill those. Catcher, they have those spots filled right now. Um, all right, let's finish with the chat here. Caitlin says, Austin hitting that single off of Aaron was incredible. Hey, he did that in the regular season, too. I totally forgot to mention that. He had the single, I know it was one game, but against the Phillies, I think it was down the right field, line or just a right field there was a single brought in the Padres only run of that game where Austin faced Aaron and the Padres won one nothing and then in game two he comes up with that big hit and you had Drury and Bell having huge games and the Padres come back and win that game so yeah that, that was a great uh, memory that Austin's probably going to remember for the rest of his life uh, and he'll he has bragging rights over Aaron individually but he probably would prefer have the team bragging rights, right? My team beat your team and we're in the World Series. But unfortunately, Aaron's the one that gets to say that. Uh, Christopher says, yes, I'd love to see Campy live up to his potential. We all would, right? It's kind of like the Mackenzie Gore thing. I know he got traded, but when he came up, we wanted him to live up to his potential. And I thought there were bright spots for Mackenzie too. And so hopefully uh, Campy, if he gets con uh, more playing time next year, we can see that potential in the big leagues. Like, it's one thing to see it on El Paso. It's easier to hit in El Paso. Uh, there's just the bright lights aren't there. 
I want to see it in San Diego, right, in the brown and gold. And so I think he'll get a lot of playing time in spring training to kind of show that off, or at least has have a chance to show it off. Christopher says, for Nola, it is what it is. I don't expect him to get much better at defense, at least continue to be better at pitch framing and keep calling a good game. Yeah, um, I do agree with the pitch framing thing with Nola. Like, Campy, I just, it's a small sample size. I just don't have much of an opinion on that. But with Nola, yeah, there are times where it's like, wow, uh, that's not so great. You're looking at, now, that's easier for us to say here just sitting here, but yeah, that, there, there were times where it's like, oh, you could be framing that a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, just continue to have those good relationships with the pitchers, have the pitchers trust him. That's what I want from Nolan next year. And uh, just get on base consistently. If you get on base consistently out of that nine spot, I'm not expecting power. But if he can get on base, I mean, that's that's huge setting up the top of the order, right? Um. Irie says he needs to be get better defensively. Every team steals off of us like it, it's nothing. He was shocked when he threw out bets. Yeah, I mean, we were all shocked. It was a perfect throw, great tag by Crony. I mean, it was right to Crony, but still, uh, yeah. It had to take the perfect throw, and he got him. And that's what it takes for Nola to throw out guys like that, like Mookie, right? It takes the perfect throw. Even with the perfect throw, sometimes they steal it e easily, you know? Uh, and some of that's Darvish, some of that's Nola, just not having strong arm. I don't know if it's the pop time. I assume, or I think it's more the arm. I don't know how much you can improve the arm. Like it kind of is what it is. You can improve the pitcher slide stepping, but again, remember next year they're going to have limited pickoff moves. So if they pick off and you have Nola not having the strongest arm, like that's re that's a big advantage to the runners. So. You got to look at that next year and be aware of that going into next season as well. Um, but yeah, uh, just trying to see the chat here more. Christopher says, I wouldn't mind Alfaro at designated hitter due to power potential, but really needs to work on plate discipline. Yeah, I agree. Uh, last year, it just felt like he was striking out a lot. And the front office knows probably more than we do about Alfaro and his plate discipline. And that's probably why they hit. They don't like him as much as Nola, obviously. There's more to it than just that. But maybe the front office actually likes Campy more than Nola, uh, than, excuse me, than Alfaro. I don't know. I mean, because I'm not in the front office. But, yeah, strikeout rate last year for Alfaro was 35.8%. The year before that, it was 31.8%. So there's a climb there. That's, that's not so great. Um, yeah, the play discipline needs to be better. And I, I was kind of surprised, to be honest, with seven home runs. And he appeared in over 80 games, I think. Did I say 80 games? I think it was 80 games. Yeah, 82. I think it needs to be better. Um, so who knows if he's going to be on the team to start next year, right? We don't know that. Uh, I think at the start of the year, if all three guys are still in the Padres organization, they will start the year with three catchers. Then if Tatis comes back, maybe they decide to make a decision on that. Or maybe they hold they have the three catchers and then they have one bat and they have a Zokar on the route. They have four outfielders and they just go with the Zokar as the fourth outfielder. I don't know. But uh it's it's definitely gonna be something to watch for. 
I don't know if it's something to watch for in the offseason again, maybe later in the offseason. But right now, there's more things to pay attention to with player options and stuff after the World Series is over. Uh, look, again, the positions, the catcher position, it is filled right now. There's positions on this Padres team that aren't even filled, and they need to be filled. So that's what I'm going to be focused on, uh, and that's what I think Padre fans should be focused on as well. Uh, but yeah, that's the episode. Episode sponsored by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionbros.com is the website. I definitely recommend you check those guys out on Friars Road. That is their main location. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with more player reviews, season reviews. Uh, the pitchers are done, and we're on to position players. I believe tomorrow it's Will Myers and Jose Zokar. So there's plenty to talk about with Will, definitely reflecting on his Padre tenure and the year and if he comes back. Uh, so that's tomorrow. World Series game three tonight. Unfortunately, it doesn't involve the Padres, but that's there for you to watch if you want to. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the first day of November. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys later. Go Pods. See ya.